in the solemn days of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil, and Easter Sunday, we have a tremendous battle between love and hatred. From the side of love, we have Jesus Christ, who came to give witness to God's love in this world. At the Last Supper, he gives the command to love one another. He washes the feet of his apostles to manifest that he loves them even in their messiness, in their brokenness. And then, on the side of hatred, we have Judas Iscariot. Now, Judas Iscariot was, we could say, a big, powerful figure in the church community. He was one of the twelve, and he held control of the money bag. He probably thought he was a very powerful person in this community. And he had everything necessary to be a saint. He had Jesus and Mary personally in his life for a long time. But Judas has a lot of brokenness in his life. Everyone has some brokenness in their lives. No one is perfect except Jesus and Mary. We all have brokenness that could come from simply our human condition or from our own past sins or from the sins that others have committed against us. The thing is, Judas Iscariot allowed his brokenness to become the dominant force in his life. He's arrogant, he has envy, and he has deception. In his arrogance, he thinks he's smarter than Jesus. He thinks he's smarter than everyone around him. He'll even question Jesus. In his envy, he feels threatened by the success of Jesus' community and what he's accomplished. In his deception, he pretends to be a servant of Jesus Christ for a number of years, but he's nothing of the sort. He's trying to deceive Jesus and his friends. And this moves him to have a heart that's consumed with hatred, with hatred for Jesus, with hatred for the apostles, with hatred for the entire community of the gospel, hatred for all of the real friendships that the teachings of the gospel of faith, hope, and love have created in this world. This hatred begins to possess the heart and mind of Judas, and it leads him to go to other haters, the chief priests, uh, scribes, and the Pharisees. They had the same brokenness as Judas. They had envy, they had arrogance, they had deception. And Judas goes to them, and he has a big meeting with them behind closed doors, and he conspires with them to destroy Jesus and his community. And the thing about this is Judas and his newfound friends don't love each other. They really hate each other. That relationship is not going to work. So this hatred in the heart of Judas and his fake friends, all who present themselves as religious, but they're really malicious, is moved to attack the community of Jesus. It tears apart the community of Jesus. Think about this. Jesus and his friends go on Holy Thursday from a time of peaceful evening prayer. They were meditating upon the lessons of God's Word. They were hearing Jesus speak to them about love, about eternal life, about truth and grace. They go from that to the agony in the garden and the arrest of Jesus, where there's violence, where there's tremendous fear and anguish, where there's all kinds of trouble where the community seems to be ripped to pieces. It seems that the hatred in the heart of Judas and the other fake religious leaders is terribly powerful. It seems like it's going to win the day against Jesus. 
in its wake, this hatred causes a lot of broken hearts. A lot of good people are hurt by this hatred and even deceived by this hatred. The hatred seems to go all over the place, from the heart of Judas to the chief priests and the scribes and the, the, the others in that community, to the Romans, to the, the people who commanded that Jesus be crucified. It seems that hatred is, is just spreading and spreading and spreading uncontrollably. And what does this hatred get for Judas Iscariot? Well, it gets him some fake friends. He can say to himself for a moment, wow, look at the friends I have now. I'm friends with the powerful figures in religion. I've got connections. Well, those friendships are not going to help him, and they don't even care for him one bit. Then he can also say that he succeeded in tearing apart the community of the gospel that Jesus had built up. He can say to himself, I'm powerful. Look what I have done. Okay, Judas, good job, but it's not going to work for you either. And he can say to himself that he got away with his deception. For years he was deceiving Jesus and the other apostles and all the other people who wanted to be Christians. And he can say, look at what I got away with. Well, that's what he gets. This free reign that he gives to the power of hatred in his heart leads him to hate his newfound friends in the Pharisees and the chief priests. He don't want anything to do with them anymore. It leads him to hate the 30 pieces of silver that they gave to him in order to betray Jesus. It leads him to hate life itself and to hate his own life. It was self-destructive. So we're left wondering, is this hatred, is this power of hatred omnipotent? Is it all-powerful? Well, it's in the midst of this hatred that Jesus gives us his love on Holy Thursday and on Good Friday. He gives us the example of love by washing of the feet, by his humility, and he gives us the command of love. You see, Jesus knows that the hour of darkness is unfolding. He knows what Judas and the other fake religious leaders are up to. He knows the depths of their evil. He knows what's going to happen. And instead of going after them, he loves. He gives the command of love, and he shows us love in his humility. He teaches about faith, hope, and love. He teaches people and gives the example of grace and truth. He teaches us about real relationships. You see, he has a real relationship with his people. Judas does not have a real relationship with his fake friends. Jesus gives us a lesson and many lessons about truth, the truth of God and the truth of life. And what we see is that this power of the love of Jesus is actually more powerful. Even on the cross, when it seems that hatred has reached its level of omnipotence, Jesus loves. He prays for the Father to forgive them. He forgives. He has compassion for them and understanding. So what he's doing is in the middle of hatred, he's showing love. This is like the same thing he did at Christmas. When he was born, he manifests God's love to all people. But that love was surrounded by the hatred of King Herod, who interestingly was moved with the same brokenness as Judas Iscariot and those other fake religious leaders. Christ manifests his divine love in the midst of hatred.
at the foot of the cross, we actually see the humility and the quietness of this love becoming powerful. Our Lady is there, the Mother of Jesus is there at the foot of the cross, along with the loyal friends of Jesus. In the face of evil, of uncontrollable hatred, Mary holds on to the love that she first held on to on Christmas Day, that love that she experienced in her oneness with her divine son Jesus. And surprisingly, really surprisingly to the people who were going through all of this hatred, this love is redeemed on Easter Sunday. That love that Mary was manifesting in the midst of hatred at the foot of the cross is saved for all eternity when Christ rises from the dead on Easter Sunday. Jesus wins in his victory. Jesus is victorious. And those who go down the path of hatred, they lose. They lose big time. But they have the opportunity to experience the victory of the love of God in the person of Jesus. In the midst of all kinds of evil, all kinds of pain and anguish that came from the power of hatred, Jesus Christ loves. He loves. He's humble. He forgives. He understands. He has compassion. So, brothers and sisters, if Jesus does this in the midst of personal hatred against him and against his cause, we have to do the same. We don't want to go down the path of hatred. That leads to nowhere fast, and it leads to a lot of broken hearts. We want to go down the path of love, love for God and love for one another. This path of love is the path that leads to heaven. God bless you.